You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You're goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. This is called Pirate Radio. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzberg. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Diner, the flagship podcast of the GGR Pirate Radio Network. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am your host for the festivities of our podcast, but I'm also the editor-in-chief of our website. Uh, It is greatgeekrefuge.com. Great articles, great content as far as podcasts go. Lots of things for your viewing and listening pleasure. Joining me for this podcast, where we are going to be discussing Spider-Man Homecoming, I have got my stalwart co-host, I've got Mr. MC Brooks, and I've got Mr. James Rambo. Guys, let's not take any time with the formality of introductions. Let's jump right into Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, There's a lot going on with this, and the reason I say that is because this is a complicated rights ownership thing, because Sony technically owns the movie rights to Spider-Man, but Spider-Man is a Marvel character, and Disney owns the rights to all of the other MCU things, but Marvel years ago did this thing where they were just like, fuck, we need money, let's just piecemeal everything out. And that's why Fantastic Four is technically a Fox thing, but no longer, now that Disney owns the movie rights to all the Fox shit. Um, they got the rights to the X-Men, they got the right to mutants, just in general, like quotes around that word. Uh, but then they also had the rights to Spider-Man, which, I mean, those are like their biggest properties. Um, we finally got to see this happen on the big screen with Marvel included. And that means that essentially they got to all uh, be together for the first time uh, in a very, very long time. Um, we'll we'll get get to that in just a minute. I just wanted to kind of give the, uh, the preamble for that because that is something we're gonna be discussing as well. This movie surprised me and it shouldn't. And the reason why is because I had kind of gotten bored with Spider-Man just across the board. I liked the Tobey Maguire stuff. I've actually never seen the Andrew Garfield stuff because I was like, I don't understand why they had to reboot this anyways. But Spider-Man became kind of a thing where I was like, well, he's Spider-Man. You know, I'll catch it eventually. It's it's not like I don't have to make time for this movie. I'll catch it at some other time. And that's that's on me. That was my fault, dude. I should have watched Spider-Man Homecoming when it came out in the theaters because this is a good goddamn movie just across the board. Like Tom Holland is fantastic, it, like almost perfect in my opinion, as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. 
But also, too, Michael Keaton was absolutely brilliant as Vulture. This was such a good casting. It was such an interesting take on this character because it was not like he was in the comics, which was also brilliant. But just like overall, I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. And the way that they used Tony Stark in this movie as a mentor to Spider-Man was I can't think of a better way to do this. And I just, from top to bottom, enjoyed the shit out of this movie. There were so many fantastic scenes. There's so many funny moments. But, like, I've said this before on the podcast, but I'll say it again because I think it warrants repeating. Like, every other Spider-Man that we've seen was a decent Spider-Man, but not a decent Peter Parker. They were okay. This is the first time that I felt like I actually saw Peter Parker portrayed correctly. Like, he actually felt like a New Yorker. And it wasn't just like, hey, yo, let's get some pizza over here. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he he has he has the cadence of a New Yorker. He speaks quickly. He thinks fast. He's sarcastic. He's funny. He's like like not negative, but just a tiny bit pessimistic, which if you know people from New York, that's very, very common is like they always expect something bad to happen. But also, too, like right. they, they're very quick witted. They've always got something to say. And like this, this fit with the character, in my opinion, perfectly. So I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I don't know why I do this to Spider-Man because I did the same thing to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is I just kind of push it aside and I'm like, I'll get to it later, which is a fucking travesty on my part. I need to start making time for these goddamn movies because one, um, I didn't realize how much I actually know about Spider-Man. I know a ton about this character and it's just like one of those things that like I have no idea what caused it, but he just wasn't like my focal point and he should be because again, this character has been portrayed brilliantly um, the more and more I read about the new one that's coming out, like, like I can't fucking wait for that movie. That sounds so goddamn fun. But like, yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming was a, a really solid Spider-Man flick and a great piece of the MCU. So let me pass this off to Mr. MC Brooks. Uh, your turn, Mr. Brooks. What did you think of Spider-Man Homecoming? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, no, I'm, I was kind of in the same boat as well. Like, I, I remember really enjoying the Raimi films, or at least the first two, when I was uh, when I was younger. Um, I didn't go see, I didn't see the Andrew Garfield ones. Uh, I, I wasn't crazy about his casting, and I heard very, very bad things about the first movie, so I, I didn't, I didn't bother um, checking that out either. Um, but oddly enough, like it, I think, and I've mentioned this to you guys before, like around the time of Civil War was kind of when I really started paying attention to the MCU, um, kind of like the mid mid uh, 2010s. So like him, so like Spider-Man being included made a ton of sense to me because uh, why not? You know, like the the you know they didn't have the the rights uh, prior to them striking a deal. Those Garfield movies weren't very well received because I feel like if they were, they probably would have just used him um, to 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 bring to to bring him over. Um, but yeah, no, this I mean, this movie was, I mean, it was exactly what I it was what I wanted for the most part. I mean, for one, I was tired of the origin story, you know, between the cartoons <laughs> and and the previous iterations. Like I was I was sort of of the opinion of. Okay, I don't think we necessarily need to do to like do another retelling. Spider-Man is one of those heroes, kind of like Superman and Batman, that like you kind of like even if you're not a nerd, you generally know the basis of how they got the abilities. So you can kind of just kind of 
you know, just kind of get along with whatever story you're trying to tell. You don't, it's not really super necessary unless your appeal is to like young, like really, really young kids who have never heard of Spider-Man before. Um, but yeah, like I was, I was very happy that they weren't going to do another origin story. They was just going to kind of build off of the momentum with, uh, from civil war and, uh, you know, sh- uh, show us, you know, what Peter in the MCU has been doing, um, and, and where he's going from here. And like, it was like, I, I, I don't have a negative thing to say about this film. I, I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. And like, I'm, I, I like Tony Stark's inclusion like I know that was like a big controversy um you know because that's not it's not that's not from the comics and you know why why is why is Iron Man even in the movie to begin with but I like I didn't mind that they were doing the the mentor thing uh with Peter since they were since they are making Peter as young as he is in the MCU I liked the indirect reference to Miles much later, like much later in the film, yeah. with uh, with uh, with Donald Glover uh, showing up playing Aaron Davis, which I am really I'm going to be really curious if they at some point decide to maybe have him show up as like a prowler in in, in even if it's just a cameo or something because I think that'd be really cool. Um, but that like that's that aside, like I I very much enjoyed um. This movie a lot. I re I, I rewatched it this morning, um, and you know, like like uh, like Mike said, I think they really nailed the casting on this. Um, in in terms of finding someone who is really good at juggling the personas of both Peter and and uh, Spider Man, and the fact that he's a, you know he's a, he's a young inexperienced hero, and like it it makes it it would make sense that. Uh, even if it wasn't Tony, that that there would be some sort of kind of mentor role for someone like him who is just young and trying to figure it out, figure out how to do this hero thing. Um, I also really liked the uh, the Captain America PSA. I really, really want I really want more. Like I don't know if they have them in a vault somewhere. <laughs> But I absolutely would 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 pay money to like get just like a, a handful of just Captain America PSAs. That was that, those that was pretty that was pretty golden. But yeah, like Homecoming was was awesome. Um, I really don't think it deserves the shit it gets from people who desire you know Spider Man to just be you know you know badass twenty something year old you know doing everything by himself like i think they're going to build up to that eventually and i think that's kind of the arc we have seen between this and eventually far from home which is the him trying to figure out how to be his own hero and in far from home if i remember correctly he even built some of his own gadgets towards the end of that too mm-hmm. so like i don't think that this movie deserves the shit it gets from people um it's fun it's funny. The action is great. Um, Spider-Man is great. All the supporting characters are great. Michael Keaton is is, is great. Like it's a it's it's awesome. It's a good film. It catches shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For, for what? Be, because people well, because people want uh, they want a solo Spider-Man film, but they want him to just be kind of the super smart, already badass Peter. 
who you know built who has built everything. Like they they didn't like the fact Tony gave him the suit. They wanted him to have built his own built like the the same the the, the basically the the exact same suit and all of the super all the gadgets that come along with it, so on and so forth. They literally discussed this in Civil War. He says, "Man, you created this." Webbing, this is amazing. You're a genius, but your suit kind of sucks. Let me help you with the Jesus fucking Christ. Like, <laughs> also, how, how does how, how does he feed the vulture? Does he use his fancy suit? No, he doesn't use his fancy yep. suit. Yeah, but you know, it. nobody wants to talk about that. Um, no, also, because that would also, shit on the point. You know, Mysterio. Does he use his fancy suit that he just built? No, no, he doesn't. He has to use his powers. Uh, it's just him. He doesn't even have any webbing. It's just, yeah, but no, let's not discuss that. It's all like, oh, Iron Man yeah. sucks. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's like, that's, that, that was, that's been the running gag. That It's not even Spider, Spider-Man films. Kind of like Civil War is kind of called Avengers 2.5. Like, people were making similar kind of references to this because, you know, it was Tony Stark in, in, in the first one. It was Happy in the second one. It's seemingly going to be Doctor Strange. In, in the uh, the the one coming out later this year, is they they want him to just be his own hero, and they don't think he's capable because another super powered hero is there to to help him out. Actually, I mean Nick Fury in the second one, but um, yeah, there's there's always someone who is just there helping him, kind of pull you know holding his hand along the way, as a, as opposed to him just doing it all himself. I'm already tired of this conversation. <laughs> I just like, has anybody ever read a fucking comic book? Like how, how often do we actually see just the hero by themselves, not with anybody else? No other heroes show up like that's super rare. And I get that. Like, okay, so Spider-Man did this and Spider-Man did that. Okay. That's cool. That's great. That's fantastic. He still did all of those things. Like Rambo just whispered into your ear, like sweet nothing. (laughs) Like he still does all of those things, but now he has access to more technology. And that's not a bad thing for a genius level kid like Peter Parker. And like, I just don't understand why anybody is shitting on this because how would he fit into this universe? Well, fuck Tony Stark is like, one, it points to Tony, Tony Stark of like, well, you know, one, it's kind of manipulative him to come grab this teenage kid to come help him in a fight in Germany. But that's also Tony's thing, man. That's what he does with people. But also, too, he ends up becoming a mentor and they have like a really close relationship. Like, I just I, I don't you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Like, you can't be like, I want all of these characters and I want them now and I want this and I want that and I want an interconnected universe. Oh, but no, this is too interconnected. Spider-Man needs to just be all by himself. Then go fucking watch the Andrew Garfield ones. And 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 it also continues Tony's arc since, you know, we weren't getting an Iron Man four or any subsequent, you know, sequels. So it continues. It continues. The arc of Tony becoming a very different man, being being more selfless and more helpful to to others, uh, while um, which is very you know very different than the guy we met who was you know selfish asshole, only concerned about himself in the first one. Yeah, it, it's just whatever you know. Like I just it's the same it's the same thing that people complaining about um, Taskmaster. 
it's like it, it like just let <laughs> let these characters exist like their existence is not just on the pages of the comic book you got the spirit of the character right you got the feel of the character right you got the origin in the sense that he's from new york he's a teenage boy in new york you got that feel right the dialogue is dead on oh man there's this really old movie called empire strikes back that shit killed me in civil war like when he's fighting bucky and um and Sam, and he goes, you have a metal arm? That's so cool. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they nailed this character. They got his dialogue dead on. That's exactly how Spider-Man would, would fight. And, like, you're still bitching about this because his suit's fancy. Like, not, just, not to mention in Civil War, he figured out how to take down giant Ant-Man. Yeah. When, yep. when, no, one, when no one else seemingly could figure out how exactly to get him down. Again. Well, I mean, hell, when, when you know. And it, it's it's not uh, uh, these complaints are, are are found everywhere, including in, in people we both love and respect. Uh, friend of the yeah. show, Ulysses <laughs> Campbell, um, has a lot of these same complaints about how he's like that's not how Spider Man works. Like, hang on, I'm going to delete his podcast from our website. Yuli, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. No, I'm which, kidding. The last time he was on, I think we talked. Yeah, about yeah, it. we had yeah we had this conversation. I remember. And, you know, it's it's I I hear it and I understand it, um, but I, it, this it, this argument is not dissimilar from the um, the Batman punches poor people argument. It's somebody who uh, or, or it's a lot of folks who want there to be not just flaws in their heroes, but are like, oh, it's capitalistic nonsense. This is all class warfare shit. And it's like, all right. If that's what you want, if that's what you want to see there, that's no one can stop you from seeing that. Um, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, Spider-Man's supposed to be a blue collar hero. And and now here's this fucking tech billionaire who's come in and like, you know, just fixed everything for him. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. The, the, the story overall showcases that like the, the the technology he gets is constantly getting in his way. And. The thing that absolutely blows my mind about this movie in particular, uh, and and also one of my favorite things is they do not use that ham-fisted with great power comes great responsibility. Oh yes, they do not get that moment where he says that. But oh, but here's the catch. But we do, we do get that moment. He just doesn't use that exact line of dialogue yeah. because Stan Lee was not a very good writer. Um, and also, we've heard it a thousand times. Um, it's it's my it's the thing I love about this move these movies and about the Garfield ones is they say it without having to say it outright. The I think in this movie it's um, if you can help if you have the ability to help someone you you should, and that's it. That is what it boils down to. Anybody who can help someone should do it. That there you go, yeah. done. Um, also, also, also took took it took a version of that when Tony took the took the suit away. That is was exactly like, what well, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> that was my immediate follow up. Was if you if you're nothing without the suit, then you don't deserve the suit. Um, that whole this whole movie is about Peter, and and, and it's it's just examined in, in in a different light. Instead of it being Peter just getting his powers. 
and being a dick and getting somebody killed. It's we're we've already established Spider-Man. We're not going to give you an origin story because we've done that to death. Instead, we're going to give him another step up in terms of his power, not necessarily his physical abilities, but his overall power. And he is irresponsible with it. Mm -hmm. And so it's taken away from him. So he has to go back down to his baseline power and his baseline abilities. And that's where he, where we see him step up. They, they showcase the great power, great responsibility idea better than any other Spider-Man movie has done. And the people who are taking the stance of like, oh, well, you know, again, it's just, it's Iron Man Jr. and blah, blah, blah. Like, all right, again, if you want to disregard the source material and only pick out the things that work in favor of your argument, you are free to do that. But don't get mad when we're able to be like, oh, but except all of these other things, <laughs> all, all, all of the evidence that points and works against your argument, what about that? Oh, well, blah, 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 blah. Um, and to his credit, Yuli was like, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't reason... necessarily like it, but fair enough. <laughs> it's the reason why we we like Yuli so very very much is because he has his stances, which we all do. We all have our various like nerd stances, but like you can talk sense into him, and you can at least be like, hey, let's have a reasonable conversation about this, and like. That kind of dovetails into a completely different point that we'll be talking about because I'm going to plug the shit out of this uh, in two weeks at AwesomeCon when we will be doing our first panel when we're talking about being a good ambassador to the geeky and nerdy world. So you should be at AwesomeCon. It's Sunday, uh, August the 22nd. It is at 10.45 a.m. that we start yep. our panel. Um, it is room 103. So be there. Have fun. Um, we'll be there as well. And you can meet us face to face if you never have. So that'll be exciting. I think most of the people that we know, though, that'll be at AwesomeCon are locals. So they should know us. But it, it's it's cool. Yeah. I am going to be awake on a Sunday before 10 a.m. God damn it. So you better show up. <laughs> Which what he said. Yes. I, I'm I'm the only one with a kid. So I'm already <laughs> up anyways. So like. <laughs> I'll just make sure that these guys are awake. How about that? How, how about we make that deal? I'll be the the alarm clock for everyone to make sure that we're all on time. So there you go. Oh. <laughs> God damn it, Lunsford. Um, yeah, so, like, it's it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man, I, I feel like, is, is, is Batman, is Superman, because he's such a big name and because so many people have seen so many different iterations of him, so many different versions of him, grew up with this or grew up with that, there is going to be more of that. Because you don't get that with Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think I heard a single motherfucker be like, oh, well, I don't like the way that they portrayed Drax or the way that they played Rocket the Raccoon. Oh, like, nobody did that shit. Because there aren't there aren't people whose dads and grandfathers grew up with the Guardians of the Galaxy like they did with Superman or Spider-Man or Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't have the emotional connection to it. Yeah, and I, and I think that that has a lot to do with it. But like... And that's why I think a lot of people are really protective over it. And and I get that because it's yours. Part of that is yours. You love this thing. But it's it's selfish in a way, too. And, like, not to deride anybody who feels that way about these things. But at the same time, too, you have to realize that they have to do things like this with these characters. Otherwise, they're, they're not going to be as relevant. People aren't going to be introduced to them. Like, a perfect example, Into the Spider-Verse made my kid love Spider-Man. 
he thought he was cool before, man. But this shit changed it for him. He was like, this movie was awesome. So, like, that's what's great about this is seeing that kind of thing happen. And, like, now he gets to interact with all of these other characters. He's met Captain America. He's fought Captain America. He's met the Winter Soldier and the Falcon and Ant-Man and Iron Man and, like, all of these other characters. And there's so much more for him to do because, honestly, like, one of the things that I love about Spider-Man is Spider-Man is this great comic relief because he's a kid, but he's also a smart ass. And like, I love seeing the comic books. I think you share them a lot, Rambo, which is, which I appreciate, but like just him wisecracking all the time with everybody is like, is just fantastic. And like now that Deadpool is in the MCU, like I cannot wait for that weird shit to happen. Yeah. Did you see the, did you see the update we got for that? No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah. No, Ryan Reynolds says they're about 70 percent done with the script and they or no, 70 percent. I'm sorry. There's a 70 percent chance they could begin production on Deadpool 3 next year. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And just like I mean, he's got to just be chomping at the bit because now he gets to play in the Disney sandbox. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I am so excited for that movie because. The writers for that are the Molyneux sisters, and they're—I um, don't know if they're—I don't know if they're showrunners, but they're big deal writers on Bob's Burgers. Oh yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> and so you have like some of like the best comedic minds working right now, uh, uh, doing this fucking movie, uh, and and they're and they're you know Disney has said as much like we're not going to try and you know and tame this like it's it's an R-rated movie. Um, and so, like the the, the kind of uh, uh, limitations that they would have had otherwise are just are just taken off. Like, yeah, I'm very very interested to see what's going to happen with that. Yep. I want to talk a little bit more about um, Spidey, and then we'll get into the other uh, other pieces that we we're going to talk about as well. Um, overall, like, um, and I'm trying to remember the guy's name. He was in season two of Fargo, and he was the shocker essentially in this one. Okeem Woodbine. I fucking love that guy. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> I otherwise wish... known by the internet as evil Dave Chappelle. Evil Dave, <laughs> evil Dave Chappelle. Are you serious? Yeah. Such a great name for him. And I had never heard that before. I have never thought about how much they look alike and they do. Or sound alike. They sound alike too. <laughs> Oh man, that, but what's funny too is like Chappelle's got a lot of his own baggage and shit. So it's almost like if Chappelle was evil, but he's the evil one, maybe he's good. Like one considering the fact yeah. that Chappelle's been like you know rocking a mustache for a little while, and then you look at Woodbine who's clean shaven almost all the time. Yeah. yeah. Also, also complete side note: Booking Woodbine is also the front man for a metal band. No shit. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I just learned I I learned that this year like that's how surprised that's how recent people found out he was performing cooler and cooler he was performing at festivals like a decade ago wow well shit that's awesome yeah yeah I just remember 13 purple dragons (laughs) 13 purple dragons um yeah but like I was kind of did he I can't even remember now did he actually get killed in this one um no. I don't believe so. No. Uh, the other the original shocker in this film did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Cuz if I remember if I remember correctly cuz I think he is supposed to appear 
And the this movie, the the one coming out later this year, in um, uh, no Spider Man or Far From Home or yeah. um, No Way Home. Oh, yeah, No Way Home. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. Like, yeah, because I, I enjoyed him, and um, I, I just think he's a good actor, and like seeing him as the Shocker was cool. Um, I also really uh, I like that we get to see um, Zendaya do some more stuff other than just Disney shit. Um, it's always good seeing people get out from underneath the Disney uh, child actor um, umbrella that so often like consumes them. So I'm glad to see that she seems somewhat adjusted to regular life because a lot of those kids don't. And, you know, good for yeah. her. Um, yeah, she's fucking hilarious. Her, her yeah. timing is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, fun fact, uh, Woodbine plays Shocker number two in uh, in this movie, and Logan Marshall Green plays Shocker number one, because uh, there have been multiple people who have been the Shocker, and they actually included that in the story itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Green plays the guy who was the initial, original Shocker, and then when, uh, when Tombs inadvertently fucking vaporizes him... <laughs> Uh, and gives the you know gives Woodbine the the gauntlets. He's like, all right, you do it. And canonically, he is the character like the na- like his name is the same as the character that became the second Shocker. So so they made it a way to take something that was in canon, but actually make it like in that movie too. So mm-hmm. that's <laughs> and there's a, there's a bunch of shit like that too. Yeah. Like it just yeah. Yeah. See, the other thing that I liked about this, too, is they, they did a really, really good job of tying in shit that actually happened and talking about the ramifications of it. OK, New York City got fucked after Avengers, basically, because of the uh, Chitauri invasion. And like for somebody to be like, well, shit, let's make some money off of this because it's got to get cleaned up. Somebody's got to fucking do it. Like, I thought that that was a really smart way of doing this and a really smart way of tying this in, because that's a lot of times like stuff like that happens and then you're just like oh well it's over cool let's move on and they didn't do that like they kept finding ways to do that and like the fact that he found a way to use their technology and like turn it into like basically weaponize it for himself was ingenious as shit but like but just that that fucking line when they're in the car after he figures out yeah after he figures out that peter is Mm spider-man and he goes if you come after my family and I was just like that was some scary shit and it again just like fucking Michael Keaton just like man that guy can act his face off like that was such a good scene and like that part when he's when Peter's basically like covered in rubble and he's like come on Spider-Man you can do this like if you're not like tearing up a little bit and you're just like come on Spider-Man come on you can do it man like that's an emotional scene man but like they just this whole fucking movie is just full of shit like that and the fact that anybody would shit on this, it just is like not disappointing to me, but it's definitely just like, I, I, how, how can you shit on this movie when it was this good? There are so many deep cut references and in jokes and things that they did not have to do. Like the voice, the voice of Peter's new suit. One, he calls her Karen. That's a SpongeBob reference. Karen is computer wife. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get that. That's so that's fantastic. the first one. The second thing is, who is the voice of Jarvis? Um, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Uh, Jennifer Connelly is the voice of Karen. 
Jennifer Connelly and Paul Bettany are actually married. No shit. So there's like deep cut shit. The fact that uh, um, the the blonde on the morning announcements, Betty, that's Betty Brandt. Yeah, I Betty Brandt was the secretary of J. Jonah Jameson. So they're 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 pulling in characters like disparate characters to uh, uh, and, and updating them to like weave everything together. Um, the 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 fucking uh, one of the, the the criminals that like meets up with um, uh, 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 well, meets up on on the on the ferry is Mac Gargan. That's the Scorpion. Yeah, and, and there's the end in the in the prison too. Don't mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And there's a ton of stuff like that. There's all these little nods, like 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 MC mentioned before. Uh, Donald Glover plays Aaron Davis, um, and you get that very like subtle uh, uh, Miles reference. And um, I'm try- I can't remember which issue it is, but I want to say it's like like 83 or something, like an early early in Spider-Man issue. But after Tombs, uh, you know, drops the fucking building on Peter and leaves. That is a direct reference to a specific issue where the entire thing that's the, the whole story that's going on in that issue is Doc Ock's lab has collapsed and Peter is stuck underneath it. And if he doesn't get out, he's going to die. That's it. And and the whole thing is just like Spider-Man persevering. That's what he does. Um, and like that right there, that is an excellent example of he doesn't have the suit. This is purely Spider-Man doing this. This is Peter overcoming this obstacle. If that's not enough, I don't know what you're looking for. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent. And like he Tom Holland is he's so this character. Like He's so like awkward and like doesn't know what to say and starts giving spoilers away and like <laughs> and like interviews and shit and like it's so funny because he's so awkward and <laughs> it just kills me every single time because I'm like they couldn't have done a better job casting this dude like they literally couldn't have yeah, and he's fucking yeah fantastic yeah he really is and I just I enjoy the shit out of it um yeah um so next up we're gonna do Doctor Strange and then what's after Doctor Strange. Oh, I don't know. Y'all been yeah, talking this shit. Yeah, I, hang on. Let's see. MCU rewatch or release order. I think it is. Okay. Great radio, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoy as we Google something. <laughs> um, all right. So next up on our list, we've got Doctor Strange. And then, ooh, my favorite uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie, the second one. Hey, now. Yeah. So we're going to do Doctor Strange, then we're going to do Guardians of the Galaxy, and then after that, it's Thor Ragnarok. Those are our next three. That's a fucking powerhouse list, dude. Because Ragnarok is 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 fucking dynamite. Um, Guardians 2 is is really goddamn good, and Doctor Strange was pretty good, too. So, yeah. Okay. That's, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Shit. Not that all these movies haven't been fucking fantastic, because they have been. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about uh, the Suicide Squad real briefly here, because ultimately I haven't seen it, but I'm not opposed to you guys talking about it. Um, I'm, don't worry about spoiling shit for me because I'm still going to watch it either way. Um, but yeah, like Rambo, you wrote a great review again, man. I love your reviews. Um, the way you break down shit is just always really impressive to me. 
Um, but I'm a big fan of people who know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, it's like I listen to experts. Huh. Fuck. <laughs> wow. That's so weird. Huh. I wonder why, how that correlates to our real life. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, no, you know your shit and you've studied your shit. And like that always comes through in your reviews, man. And I appreciate that about you. Um, overall, like it, this seemed like a glowing recommendation for this movie. This seemed like a glowing review. Like I'm taking it that this was a, a huge milestone for you with the DCEU films. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I, I, uh, I make a point to say that this is the tipping point where we now have as you know, IMO, um, more movies worth watching than not in the DCU with this movie. Um, and if you want to know what those are, you should read the review. Uh, and no, I do not care if you disagree. Um, yeah, uh, James Gunn, it, he, he is someone who leans into a concept, uh, like very few people. Um, and as, as, uh, my buddy Chris pointed out, uh, the only other person that does it as well as he does is Taika Waititi in terms of just, I'm not going to shy away from this. I'm not going to, you know, make some apology for it visually or otherwise. Um, this is what it is. Um, the fact, I mean, like Gunn famously, uh, when they were first kind of courting him for Guardians of the Galaxy, um, you know, they were like, you know, we have some weird stuff in this, so we understand if you want to kind of, turn, uh, you know, get rid of some of those ideas and, and, and kind of ground it a little more. And he's like, you have a talking raccoon whose best friend is a talking tree. Like, I'm here for that. This is that that's my whole deal. Um, you know, Gunn got, his, you know, he cut his teeth and got his start in the trauma films, which are 100% just like gross, over-the-top, sensationalized exploitation stuff. Um, you know, Toxic Avenger and Samurai Cop and all that shit. Um, and there are moments in this where you can see that sort of like, you know, splashy, gory, really, uh, you know, big excess um uh, uh, like violence and, and makeup and stuff, but done with a Hollywood budget. And that's really cool. Like it's, there, there are a ton of practical effects in this. Um, Hey, real quick. I want to pause. Um, for anybody who's listening, who has not seen the suicide squad yet, we are going to make this spoiler free because the movie more or less just came out. So yeah, just we're, we'll, yeah, we'll be no, good. Yeah. We promise. <laughs> and, and, and if you're curious, my review is spoiler free. I made a point to like I was there was a yeah. particular scene that I was going to discuss in detail. And I realized that, as you know, as far as I'm concerned, that scene is such an incredible turning point for a, a certain character that it is it would be a disservice to you and everybody who worked on it to to give away that plot point because it is a genuine surprise that I was really, really impressed with. Um but yeah, the review is totally spoiler free uh, with with like minor allusions to things. Yeah. Um, there is also another review that I just posted. Our buddy Ulysses E. Campbell of Fantastic Forum did an audio review, which yeah. his audio reviews are always spoiler free. So you guys can listen to that or you can read Rambos or you can do both because we're here for you. We want to give you multiple avenues of enjoying and consuming your geeky, nerdy media. So the thing that I was 
it's a lot of like in retrospect this is very obvious but going into it was it was a genuine uh uh, kind of surprise was the degree to which i didn't know who was going to make it like i i thought i understood that um but yeah he uh Gun does not shy away from the fact there's a reason that every one of these characters, save like one or two, is a D-list villain. Um, it's because, you know, he he's taken a, a page out of the George R.R. R. Martin book and being like, you know, when 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 there's plot armor on a character, you don't really care. There are no stakes. And because these characters are like, you know, I mean, shit, I have been reading comics for decades, and I had to look up about half this cast. Um, because they're so le- so little known, there's nothing that says they can't just be all eliminated. Like, if, if this movie ended and everybody was dead, I would not have been terribly shocked. Um, but yeah, it's, it you know, the movie throws you immediately in the action, um, which was kind of jarring at the, at the initial screening I saw it at because there were no trailers so it just went right into it and you're and for like the first like two or three minutes everyone was like wait is is this the movie all right what's happening i don't okay all right yeah <laughs> and so that on top of the degree to which it's like oh no no no, no. like we're starting now we like, there is no slow ramp up um we're gonna give you the basic concept uh, here's the idea. Here's the here's the premise. Go. Um, but yeah, it's really funny. It is. Uh, it is a movie that does not have to have the emotional depth and pathos that it does. Um, Gun could easily have gotten away with, and people would have been plenty happy with a movie that's just filled with explosions and violence um, and a bunch of quippy characters. And don't get me wrong, those are all there. Um, but he understands how to... Um, he he the, the, the watchword for him and his filmmaking style is sincerity. Um, you know, obviously, The Suicide Squad is a, you know, not quite sequel, not quite reboot, more just a, we're going to keep moving forward with this. Um so already it's not an original concept but the suicide squad overall is based on the dirty dozen uh which i'm sure is based on a a half a dozen other things um so again conceptually not an original idea but it's not about originality it's about being earnest and being genuine uh being authentic and um the sincerity he brings to to his work it means that you do have to care about these characters because he does. Um, it's yeah. important to him that um, people give a shit. Uh, so if somebody does die, it hits you hard um, for the most part. Look, there's there's definitely somewhere you're just like, oh, okay, what well, happened? <laughs> that um, sucks. Yeah, rather <laughs> real bummer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I I watched it with uh, with my partner and Katie was just. Uh, you know, absolutely loves uh, Sebastian the Rat and uh, and King Shark. Um, and which we now have a new fan in uh, MC King Shark Bruce. is great. He loves him um, some King Shark, man. 
And it's fun, like it, the the version of this character in this movie is fairly unique to this movie uh, in terms of his personality and intellect. Um, but like King Shark has an arc in this movie. Say that again. Fucking uh, <laughs> Nanawe, the giant shark man, has a, an emotional character arc. Yep. Like <laughs> James Gunn did not have to do that. He did not have to put his, his that, like that much effort into this, um, but yeah, it is it is incredibly violent and um, uh, and and sensationalized and just filled with excess. But it is very funny and very heartfelt, um, incredibly genuine, uh, and you know you see things on screen. I I say in my review like. The thought, I really hope that Polka Dot Man makes it out of this, is not one I never thought I'd have. And yet, it's how I felt watching the movie. Because um, who gives a fuck about Polka Dot Man? Um, but yeah, it's it's right. really, it just it's a great fucking movie. And, and uh, it delivered on all of the promises um, uh, that were made. And considering how this movie came to be... Um, I I am I, I'm getting that 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 same feeling of compersion that I got with uh, uh, with seeing folks watch Black Panther. Like I enjoyed it, but my joy, so much of my joy was taken from the enjoyment of others. And I am so fucking happy for James Gunn um, after the bullshit that he went through um, with that with the whole Twitter thing and firing by Disney and all this. Um, to see that, like, you know, Warner Brothers immediately recognized his value and the importance of getting him on board, um, and to to have this be the movie that's made, uh, I I am bummed that because of the pandemic, it's not making the hundreds of millions of dollars it should be, um, but uh, but you know, that's a whole that, that's a problem outside of his control. Yeah. Um, yeah. Highly recommend it. It's definitely worth worth your time. Um, but know that you're going to get a really fucking violent movie. Yeah. Much more um, than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you Perfect. go into it and be like, it's an R-rated movie. Okay. But then you, you're like, oh shit, no, this is an R-rated it, movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, literally like the first 10 to 15 minutes is just like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, I want to give one warning for people that are particularly sensitive to violence against animals. There are two scenes, um, one in like the first two or three minutes and one I'd say about halfway through. Um, the first one you do see it happen on screen. The second one, you you know what is happening and you hear what is happening, but you do not yeah. see it. Um, so if you're someone who, uh, who, who is especially sensitive to that, I would recommend you hit up, I think the website is uh, Does the Dog Die? Um, and see where those fall and, and, and make your decision going forward. Yeah. <clears throat> and mm. to, um, to follow up what you were saying before about the, the debut, it's only made $26.5 million this weekend. That's, <clears throat> that movie should be just breaking it which in. Which is, which is crazy, which, which is crazy. Um, and that article just came out from Variety literally three hours ago. I mean, there, 
the Delta variant is is killing people at the same rate that it it was that COVID was killing people last yeah. year. Like it, it's, I get it, and I feel bad for James Gunn, and I feel bad for all these people. I feel bad for Scarlett Johansson because, and again too, like <clears throat> I understand the whole like Disney shit that's going on right now, where everybody's like, oh, it's fucking Disney because you're fucking everybody over. Like nobody predicted this shit. Nobody predicted the pandemic. And like, I'm sure, fingers crossed, hopefully not defending Disney, that something will get worked out where she is compensated appropriately. But like, this this is some bullshit, man, because like, you can't, I don't want to go to a fucking movie. Sure. You know, like if there was a way for me to like, <laughs> we need to like start to like GoFundMe for like movies. Where it's like, hey, I'm going to watch it on a streaming service, but I'm willing to throw you guys like 10 bucks. You know, like I'm willing to throw you the cost of a movie ticket, but not I mean, 30 we have goddamn a model bucks. For it just to, we have a model for it. Just tell Disney not to make it 30 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if Disney if Disney was like, hey, um, you know, <clears throat> 10 bucks. Like, I, fuck, I would have bought every single one. Ten, of those if movies. it was five or ten dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty dollars. No, fuck you. Absolutely not. But yeah, also, especially, I, honestly, when, especially yeah. when it's when it's going when it's going to be free in three months on the service anyway. Yep. And in fact, uh, Black Widow is actually going to be going to Disney Plus a little bit earlier than predicted. Huh. I wonder why that is. So I I would say Mike, the, you know, <clears throat> the counter that Disney is is th- there. It's much more complicated. Uh, you know, no, it's not more complicated. It's it's very simple. Um, this is not a matter of like, well, the pandemic hit, so they had to make some 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 decisions that they weren't necessarily happy with. Yeah. No, Disney is absolutely trying to screw her out of money. Oh, it's yeah, an sure. absurd amount of money. It's like sixty million. Sixty it's million. A, it's a it's a lot of fucking money. And consider, I think she's already made like twenty million. On the one hand, I'm like, oh no, fucking rich actor is unhappy with you know the the specific number of zeros on her on their on their check um you know it's supposed to be higher but on the other hand disney completely shot themselves in the foot with an email that came out back in 2019 when uh johansson and her team were very savvy and very smart and when disney plus was going to launch they immediately were like, you're going to put this on your streaming service and it's going to eat up profits for this movie. Considering profit sharing is a big part of the contract, we want to make sure this is this is understood. And they said then, we are not planning to put it on the streaming service. If we do, we will reach out to you and renegotiate your contract. Now, that is exactly what Warner Brothers did with HBO Max, when they decided they were gonna they were gonna put a bunch of movies on HBO Max, they specifically were like, okay, we're gonna have to to eat some money here and and and, and eat some costs here uh, to maintain these relationships. But this is the smart business decision, even beyond it being like the 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 fair or ethical thing to do. This is the savvy business decision, um, and it ended up costing them something like two hundred million dollars. Uh, in renegotiations, but they did it. Disney, on the other hand, not only did they know what they were doing and decide to just try and disregard it, when she brought the lawsuit, they had the fucking balls to act like 
she was being insensitive and and i mean like and and not like in a in a vague sort of way they released a fucking statement that said that she is trying to take advantage of this horrible experience and this terrible time and she is not being sensitive to the fact that covid is killing people and all this and it's like no 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 she's not upset that the movie was released on disney plus she's upset that you did not follow through on what you said you were going to do you guys are full of shit yeah that's the problem yeah no that makes way more sense because i i mean like and i hadn't really formulated an opinion about it because i hadn't studied it but like sure. just my my knee-jerk reaction was i was like i'm sure it'll get worked out like it really what it was and i was like it makes sense because of the fucking pandemic okay cool like i just didn't read into it but yeah after, sure, like, after hearing yeah, what yeah. you said it makes total sense and disney's definitely in the wrong on this because if that's what they said then they're contractually obligated to it anyways and taking this mm-hmm. shit to court is stupid because they're just going to lose because if it's in writing that's pretty much it yeah and that, and that was the thing this this is this was discussed pre-pandemic yeah when it was just a matter of of, of disney plus about to launch yeah. right and they yeah they fucked up bad when somebody responded with no no no, we're not planning on doing that and and kevin feige has nothing to do with any of this yeah this appears to be a decision made by the new ceo uh i think it's the ceo um, when, when Bob Iger was ousted and they brought in somebody new, uh, the new guy, it seems to be he's out here uh, fucking uh, pinching pennies. And uh, are we talking about Chapek? Maybe it's, it's like Bob or Bill, I think. Bob Chapek, yeah. Yes, yes chief that, executive. Yeah, dude. Okay, so <clears throat> shocker, right? Like, prepare yourselves. Sandy fucking knows just about everything about Disney and Disney World and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> a lot of the people that she watches on YouTube. Uh, consistently do not fucking like Bob Chapek and think that he is just a sack of shit. And boy, is the evidence starting to stack up. Mm-hmm. Like, man. And you like, are killing I'm, them. With, like, oh, I'm saving money. I'm making us money. You are killing your fucking image. Yeah. Like, we don't need Michael Eisner 2.0, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you are making bad decisions, homie. Ugh, yeah, this is going to be bad. And like that's the thing is like I, I'm I'm never gonna be one of those guys where it's like oh it's just millionaires fighting billionaires because the, people used to use that whenever like professional athletes would complain about like the conditions that they have to work in yeah. and stuff like that but like there's a certain amount of like common decency and like if you say you're gonna do something you do it and like that's what this really sounds like it boils down to and like for anybody like defending Disney God fuck I hope no one's def- defending them at this point. Oh, of course they, they are. Of course they are. Jesus. Yeah, of course it, it's just it's just this super rich actor, um, and I mean, and it doesn't help that she's a woman. Oh, uh, you know, <clears throat> so there's there's yep. plenty of misogyny coming out about like, oh, well, look, bitch, just be happy with what you got. Maybe like, Pearl Mutter is just fuck. sitting over sitting over Chapek's shoulder, just being like, nah, man. Do oh it. yeah, I'm I'm sure they're having yeah. a lot of great conversations about this bullshit. Yeah. Um. Let's do this. Let's. Uh, I want to talk about um, Sweet Tooth real quick, and then we'll wrap up. Um, I wrote a review, so you guys can check it out. It's on uh, GreatGeekRefuge.com uh, under Movies and TV. Um, actually, if you go to the website, it's right there on the front page. Uh, same with Rambo's review. That's right there on the front page as well of the of the Suicide Squad. <clears throat> I didn't know anything about this series going into it. I just I'd never read it. I'd never heard of it. Like I didn't know anything about it. Nobody else I knew had watched it yet. 
I went into this pretty much blind. I would recommend anybody who is hearing Sweet Tooth and you're like, that sounds stupid. Why would I watch this? Because it's a fucking amazing show. That's why. If you don't know anything about this and you're you've seen it pop up on Netflix, watch this shit. It is really fucking good. It's the basic premise is there is a global pandemic. Oh, shocker, right? Like never heard anything like that in our real lives. But like there's a twist to it as well, because when this pandemic hits, babies start being born as human animal hybrids. So like you get a half baby, half puppy, half baby, half deer, half baby, half uh, goat. And they're all fucking adorable. Um, but like, of course, human beings being what they are, um, they start blaming the babies for it. It's got to be the fucking hybrid babies there. It's the, it's all their fault. Let's study and dissect and kill them so that we can figure out how to cure this pandemic. Cause this shit goes on for like what, 11 years. And it's just still ongoing. Like the pandemic's still killing people. <clears throat> they call it the sick, but like we have this one hybrid child. His name is Gus. He gets a nickname, the nickname Sweet Tooth, which is why the series is called that. And we get to see him grow up because um, his dad sees the writing on the wall of, oh, shit, this is about to go down. And they go and they hide in the woods, essentially. And like he finds a cabin and they live in a cabin together for the first 11 years of his life. And like after that, it becomes this really awesome story. Like, it's it, it was very reminiscent. And I said this in the uh, review, very reminiscent of Fellowship of the Ring where the hobbits have to venture out of the Shire for the first time. And like this big open world now, like this this adventure, this adventure of a lifetime that is one both scary, but also fascinating, but also like incredibly enthralling. That's the way that this feels too. It's beautifully shot. And, and coincidentally, it's also shot in New Zealand, just like Lord of the Rings was. Um, and then like, honestly, if anybody's ever been to the West, like to Colorado, to Yellowstone, um, in Wyoming, anything like that. It's supposed to be, sh uh, the series starts in, uh, Yellowstone, right? Um, like if you've ever been there, you know that this is not fucking Yellowstone. As soon as you start seeing the shots, you're like, this isn't, man, this, this isn't Yellowstone. God damn it. And then you're like, All right, fuck it, whatever. It's a good story. Um, because obviously you probably couldn't film in a national park. It makes sense. But just overall, like such a great story. There's so much going on. They do that, um, that really good thing that I love when stories do, when you have like three or four separate storylines that all are leading somewhere and then they all start to converge like perfectly. That's, that's what happens with this. And I'm not going to spoil it again. You guys need to see this because this is a really, really, really good series. But like I also in reading and researching before I did my article, apparently the series is way different than the comic. Like the comic is a little darker than what the series does and has a, uh, they take some liberties with it, which again, too, I'm glad that they're doing it because from what I was reading, I don't know if I would really want to watch that on, on screen with, with some of the dark things that are going on in the uh, comic series. But um, if you get a chance, watch Sweet Tooth. I, I, I fucking loved it. Sandy, who normally is not big on the comic book stuff, she stuck with it the entire time too and watched it with me. Uh, Rambo, I think you said you've watched it as well, correct? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, no, man, same here. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was um, really well, well executed. A lot of, like, good uh, practical and digital effects. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's really sentimental and, and sweet and will definitely pull its heartstrings. Um, a lot of... A lot of people making decisions they don't necessarily want to, but maybe feel like they have to. 
uh, and it gets pretty rough in places. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really dug it. Yeah, and um, MC, you've not seen any of it yet, correct? I've seen a little bit of episode one, um, oh, okay. but I haven't, go- I haven't gone back to it yet. Okay. Yeah, it's, and we'll talk more about it once everybody has seen it, but um, I can't wait for season two. Like, I'm really excited that we're going to be getting a season two. Um, the performances in it were great. Um, really not a lot of huge big name actors. Like, you got um, Will Forte from Saturday Night Live fame, um, and you get um, the guy, I think it's Neil Sandilands is how you pronounce it. He was the thinker in The Flash on CW. And he plays the main villain in this. And like, I, I heard his voice and I was like, that sounds familiar. Who is that fucking guy? And I look it up and I was like, oh shit, it's the thinker. And like, I just thought it, it was just a really, really cool thing because he plays this role really well. Cause he is scary as fuck in this series. And like, it just overall, just really, really, really good. Um, like new thing for somebody to watch. If you like, it's always nice, like it, when you see something, Oh, I read the book or, Oh, I remember watching the cartoon series when I was a kid and like getting those, that's always nice. But when you have something that you have know nothing about and it's a brand new experience for you, that's always kind of cool. And and I liked getting into this universe. So. And we're just going to leave it at that. Apparently. I mean, said your piece. I did. On that note, we appreciate all of you very, very much. Hey, go to Bandcamp. Check out MC Brooks. Give her boy some money for his uh, new. Uh... Wait, one other announcement. Oh shit. We oh. have a, a well, a new overflow this week because oh, yes. Odecon, Odecon just ended. So. Nice. Good. Yeah, and I'm curious about that too because I know you had mentioned that like they ran into some issues because of the Delta variant and how things have gotten kind of scary again. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but I'll say I'll save it for for that. Yeah, awesome. But yeah, we'll make sure you guys tune in to the overflow as well. So yeah, go to Bandcamp, check out MC Brooks. He just dropped his new single, um, Rage Quit. Uh, but also like his other music and you know buy some of that too. But uh, yeah, also make sure that you stay tuned for his episode of the Overflow, which will be coming here within the next week or so. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. We've got lots of great podcasts that you guys can listen to across the board. All sorts of interesting things here on the GGR Pirate Radio Network. But thank you for tuning <clears throat> into another episode of At the Diner for MC Brooks, for James Rambo. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. If you can show up to um, Free Comic Book Day, it's going to be outside so that we've got that going for us. And I mean, I'm going to be wearing a mask and I'm pretty sure my uh, co-host will be as well. But we're also all vaccinated too, so we've got that going for us. But yeah, it's going to be an open air event, except for if you need to go inside to the store to buy something. But yeah, make sure you bring a mask. Um, same thing with AwesomeCon. It's going to be a pretty big ass room that we have to fill. And I don't think our stupid asses are going to fill that 350 capacity room. So I think maybe maybe we'll get 100. Maybe who knows? Maybe. Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. Who knows? I've been I've been surprised by the things that this website does all the time. So fingers crossed. Hopefully we'll have a big turnout. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll be there. You'll get to meet us. You might have to take a picture if you want with, with us with masks on. But that's OK, because safety is more important than vanity. Um, keep wearing your masks. Keep washing your hands. Get vaccinated if you possibly can, because um, we don't want any. We don't want to see anybody else get sick or die from this. So let's try to nip this in the bud and end this thing now before it gets worse again. But for all of us here, we appreciate you. We love you. And remember, together, there are no heights we can't reach. Things come on my mouth that I should probably learn to hold back. Why do I expect to have the patience that I don't have? Over and
Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.